The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The capital could be facing years of traffic disruption as major electricity works have been announced by Airgrid. And I'm joined in studio by Michael Mahan, Chief Infrastructure Officer with Airgrid. Michael, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. Thank you. Not welcome news, I think people will say, but these are vital works. What exactly do you have to do? So, Pat, there's an existing electricity network in Dublin that's ageing and needs to be replaced. We need to replace 50 kilometres of cables throughout the city of Dublin to allow us to make the uh, system more uh, sustainable into the future, to allow us to take advantage of renewable energy and to transport that into our homes and businesses in Dublin. It's all about the amount of electricity that will be consumed and whether the cables have the capacity to carry massive amounts of power without going on fire. That's exactly it, Pat. By upgrading the cables with new modern cables, we can transport more power through to all of the different locations in Dublin. Now, people will say, you're doing that already. Why do you need to replace all of these uh, cables? If they're in ducts, just pull the old cable out and stick a new one in. So the demand for electricity in Dublin is so great that we can't afford to take the existing circuits out of service for long enough to replace them. Some of the cables are actually direct buried. So we need to... Just buried in the soil? Just just buried in the soil. Not in a duct? No, 50 years ago. So we need to replace those and replace those cables with new routes and that's the purpose of the consultation is to engage with people to try and actually find out the best routes to minimise the level of disruption that's going to be involved. Now, in theory, uh, if, for example, let's take a suburb, say Fibsborough, and you need to get power to, to Fibsborough, you'd imagine that already there are systems in place that if one route to Fibsborough goes down, that Airgrid would have another route by which they could deliver power. So why is it not possible to kind of do that? You know, take out one particular trunk, power the area affected by another trunk while you're replacing the first trunk. So that's that's the system that's already in place and that redundancy or reliability is there with the system. But we can't afford to take a circuit out for six or seven months or longer at a time and take a risk that the other cable that's actually serving that area fails at the same time. Otherwise, we'd have a significant loss of power to that area. And, and, and that would time. be six months of darkness. Could be six months of darkness. So to minimise that, we need to actually identify new routes in Dublin to actually facilitate this upgrade. Now, one of the things you want to do is future-proof uh, the system. So how far ahead are you looking? Because clearly what we have now with the massive growth of Dublin City is a system that actually has served us well in spite of massive growth. Correct, but the power, for, the demand for power in Dublin is increasing and the demand for power in Ireland is increasing. And if you look at the, to the future of the electrification of heat and transport, if you want to charge your, your car at night or if you install a new heat pump in your home, there's an additional power requirement. If you also look at the Greater Dublin area and the plans for new housing, all of those new houses need more power. So we're, we're planning all of that into the the, into the okay, so so take a particular uh, you in your own mind. You can pick any suburb you like or any townland you like within the capital, and look at its current power demand, where virtually nobody has an electric car and where heat pumps are not that uh, popular. Fast forward to twenty years when nearly everyone has a retrofitted heat pump and nearly everybody uh, who has a car will find that it's an electric car and needs to power it overnight. What would be the demand in terms of multiples of today's demand? Demand in the Dublin area at the moment is about 1800 megawatts 
And that's looking at a not typical system demand or peak demand that we had actually a record there before Christmas of about 5.7 uh, gigawatts. So that demand for Dublin is going to increase over the next number of years. Uh, with every Explain car. that. Uh, 1800 megawatts is what the average demand in it's Dublin? It's the typical daily peak demand. But it did peak at 5.7? It did peak uh, uh, nationally in the country. Oh, nationally, had, okay. So you're saying 5. Dublin 7. takes a huge whack of uh, the total <laughs> available power? Exactly. And the purpose of this upgrade and the other projects outside of Dublin is effectively to transport renewable energy into the greater Dublin area. Yeah. Now, um, what will be the demand if the current demand eh, with the present state of, of electrical installations and so on is 1800 megawatts? What will be the demand, do you think, in 20 years time when, as I say, most people have electric cars if they have a car? So we're factoring in uh, a certain percentage, I don't want the percentage to hand, of, of an increase in power based on the demand that, for example, ESP networks have given us. I mean, are we talking um, about a doubling or a tripling? No, it's not a doubling or, or, or a tripling. Um, it's, I it's, I'm, tr- I'm struggling to find out why it wouldn't be, because if there's no more petrol or diesel being sold in the forecourt and everyone is charging, whether it's in a public charger or in their own home, I mean, the demand for, for power, electrical power, is going to be phenomenal. The demand for electrical power is going to increase, um, but there's an awful lot of focus as well on trying to minimise the amount of power that's required by people upgrading their homes. Heating so systems you, will not be uh, so onerous in, in exactly. terms of energy so, demand. So if you upgrade your home, put in a new heat pump, there's an electricity demand, but you're also then reducing the amount of electricity that's required in, in our, our energy needs in the home by actually insulating it as well. And that's why a lot of those projects that, are, mm. that other companies are planning we're actually trying to minimise the amount of electricity. Okay, now you have a number of uh, utilities. You've got uh, Gas Networks Ireland, you've got the Water Utility Irish Water or Ishka Aaron or whatever they now, they now call it, um, and yourselves. In addition, you've got uh, developers building housing estates and you've got councils building cycle lanes. It sounds, and indeed Dublin Port uh, will be doing their own works, which will obviously have a knock-on effect on the surrounding areas. You've got an awful lot of people who are going to be breaking eggs to make omelettes at the same time. So a year ago, we established uh, a Dublin Infrastructure Forum, and that's where we brought all of the councils together, Dublin Port, the DAA, Irish Water, GNI, ESP Networks, ourselves, the tra- and the Transport Authority, Bus Connects, etc., all together into a room to explain our plans and we've actually, that forum now meets on a quarterly basis so that we can actually work in tandem with them to minimise the amount yeah. of disruption and try and coordinate that. I mean, one of the possibilities is that you might have a, a line that runs along uh, Sandymount, the Strand Road in Sandymount. Currently, Irish Water are working there and you'd imagine that maybe a little bit of forethought would have gone in so that you'd all work together while you're closing a road. Exactly, and that's the purpose of, of that forum, is to share plans. And but that, that's already done, if you like. The eggs have been broken and, for that omelette. And for future projects like that, we're looking to that. So, for example, we're working with the NTA and um, Dublin City Council at the moment, where they're going to install a new greenway along the Royal Canal. And as part of that canal, we're going to take advantage and install four kilometres of duct to those works. Okay, so, while those works are being done, you'll use that to install duct. Exactly. So that's minimising the amount of disruption in that area. But and you didn't take advantage of Sandy Mount. Was it too soon for you? We, the, the water we, works? we were too late to be able to, to, to actually coordinate mm-hmm. all of the plans that Irish Water would have had. Now Sandy Mount also, uh, the council want to put in a cycle lane and they want to limit traffic to one-way traffic along that Strand Road. 
um, the people in Sandy Mount are running out of patience, basically, with all the disruption they're enduring. So what we've done as part of this as well, we've formed community forums where we have representatives uh, in Dublin that's representing the residents association together so that we can actually consult with them on the most appropriate routes. Now, you've got five particular routes, isn't that so? Correct. We we need to upgrade the network between um, Poolbeg and Inchicore. And we have two circuits there at the moment. Between Poolbeg and Carrick Mines, we have a circuit there uh, between Poolbeg and East Wall and then from East Wall up to Finglas. And you've got uh, the North Wall, but that's all all of the preferred routes, which, whichever of three they might be within the North Wall are all on Dublin Port lands, so should not cause disruption to residents in the area. However, it might disrupt Dublin Port's own plans. So Dublin, Dublin Port are part of a Dublin infrastructure forum and we're working in partnership with them to look at their plans and you see they have very extensive plans and our plans and see what we can do to work together in a particular time frame to, to maximise the potential. Now, one of the options in, I think it's uh, pool bag to Carrick Mines, there might be the option instead of digging up Sandy Mount that you might go underground. Is that one of the options that partially underground? Partially underground. So all, all of the cables are going to be underground, but, par- but par- under sea, I should have said. Yeah. So, so there is an option where we're looking at actually um, instead of actually going, utilizing the road network to look at going offshore and installing a cable offshore to, to land in the pullback. Now, do you have any caveats about doing uh, undersea work? Uh, because, I mean, obviously the international uh, connectors are undersea and uh, you have a high level of confidence in those, I presume. Yes, yeah, so it's a different type of cable, but we are, we are that, that's a very viable option. The purpose of the consultation is to take feedback from all of the, the, the key stakeholders and environmental groups, etc., on what's the most appropriate route. And that could be a very viable route that we need to look at. Now, I'm also thinking of uh, how argumentative this whole process might become. If you're, uh, it's one thing to tell people and do it by whatever compulsory purchase of land you need to do and just do it and get it done. Once you start consulting with all of these uh, interested parties, stakeholders, so-called, and local communities, you mightn't put a shovel on the ground long after your deadline for completion is is over. One of our biggest challenges on projects is to actually work in partnership with communities and with businesses to actually get consent to develop a project. We started consulting on this project a year ago. Uh, We ran a number of community engagement evenings where we brought communities together and we answered any questions they had. And we also brought other parties with us, such as ESB Networks and the SAAI, so they could talk about their projects and what they can actually do in their own homes. So we're try- really trying to work in partnership. And you can see on our consultation portal at consult.ergo.ie mm. all of the different ways that people can actually engage with us. Yeah. Now, now the, the, the issue, though, say Bus Connects have had a head start on you and they might say, well, look, our projects have priority over yours. You've only come up with this a year ago. Uh, it's obviously been something long in the making within Airgrid. You've been planning this for a long time, but you, you announce your plans a year ago with the formation of the forum. They'll be saying, you know, we announced ours three years ago, four years ago. We uh, need to get on. And all of the utilities and all of the different providers need to get, need to get on with their works. What we're really trying to do with them is to work together uh, in a partnership to try and find the most optimum ways of getting all of that infrastructure actually delivered with 
at the same time minimizing the amount of disruption with communities and businesses. Yeah. Now, um, the the question of uh, pylons, uh, one of the uh, listeners here, put the pylons in Bluebell Tala underground uh, and, you know, in other parts of rural Ireland, they're looking to put cables underground, which may be technically possible, maybe also very expensive or more expensive and would obviously create maintenance and repair issues. Um, that's a debate for another day. But what about unsightly pylons, which are now within the metropolitan area, the greater metropolitan area? So those pylons are, are transporting a lot of power into Dublin and to that area. But there's lots of underground circuits there that are actually transporting power around that area. To minimise um, or to look at opportunities such as replacing pylons and that, we first need to upgrade the existing underground network to give us that potential. As I mentioned earlier, we can't afford to take circuits out of service for long periods of time. But it the could be that some of those pylons will, in fact, uh, have uh, an alternative ducted service provided in time. Th- there may be opportunities to look at that in the future, but we're concentrating on the underground network, which needs to be upgraded to give us the flexibility to look at those options. Now, um, there will be disruption. I don't think we can deny that is likely. There will be some, there's always going to be disruption if we need to uh, install a cable along a particular road. Um, One of the listeners suggests, would the money not be better spent used in solar and battery technology in homes and offices? The idea being that every school, for example, uh, there'd be solar on the roof, every office block solar on the roof, also perhaps not for your uh, uh, jurisdiction, but water collected, all of those kind of things which are uh, maybe part of our future. But the idea that more uh, solar generation in homes and offices and schools. So all of those things will go a long way to facilitating the needs. But if you look at the demand of the system at the moment, 51% of our electricity is coming from renewable sources today. There's not much electricity coming from solar with, with the rain and the bad weather that we have this morning. So we need an alternative source. Uh, there's a 51% of that electricity is coming from wind, not, not from solar. And solar won't meet the demands that we have in Dublin for the next number of years. OK, and I can understand that even with the most modern solar panels um, where you get power to some extent whenever there's daylight, uh, you're not going to get sufficient power uh, on, a, on a, d- a dull day uh, to power a building. So you always need to have the capacity to, to, to power everything. Um, do they intend to put the electricity cables underground while they're at it? Butterfield in Cork looks amazing because they did that when doing major works. Uh, we should where and when possible. That's from Moya. Is that the philosophy now? So we consult on every project with all of the options that are that are available to us rurally and in in in, in city and urban areas. And that's part of, of our philosophy in terms of engaging and getting feedback. And we've taken particular decisions on particular circuits to underground cables where it's possible, but it's not always technically possible. People are wondering that uh, this air grid work, will it mean digging up stuff that's just been completed, like Lewis work, cycle lanes, traffic calming measures and so on? There is potential that we will actually look have to revisit those. We may have to, but again, part of the consultation, part of working with the likes of the councils, etc., uh, in our infrastructure form, part of engaging with communities is to try and find the best routes that minimise the amount of yeah. disruption. Now, w- one of the problems often is at local level, uh, I would find uh, that, for example, uh, the, I might have three routes I could take uh, to, from A to B. And on some days, there'd be construction 
by either a utility or a builder or whatever on all three routes, obstructing the routes and bringing uh, traffic to a standstill. So even simple things like coordinating local uh, obstructions doesn't seem to be done at all well at the moment by individual councils. They don't seem to know. The left hand doesn't seem to know what the right hand is doing. So I think there's a huge opportunity with what we've done, which is the first time it's been done, to bring all of those parties together. To but I'm saying even when they have the best intentions, that often you'll find key arteries all blocked on the same Monday morning. And I think our Dublin Infrastructure Forum, if, if, it, if we all actually kind of support that and coordinate the activities in a particular area, I suppose we're looking on a Dublin area, a, a, the greater Dublin area at large at the moment. As the project progresses and we're looking at a particular route, we're very open to working with all of the other utility providers yeah. and the councils to try and um, minimise. Surely we need a supremo. Now, you know, in Barcelona, they have a mayor who sits on top of all of that. Now, we have a situation where we have a number of councils, South Dublin County Council, Dublin City Council, Dunleary and Fingal. Um, so you'd need uh, an individual, a kind of a a Tsar or a Kaiser over all of them uh, to crack the whip and make sure they all coordinated. Or potentially for uh, more forums for actually them to actually just to to share those plans. But you need someone who's the boss fashion. who's going to say to each and every one of them, OK, Bus Connects, you keep quiet. This is not happening. OK, uh, Gas Networks, you can't do that this week. You're going to have to wait till June. You know, you need someone like that. I think that's the the process that's already there with with the councils. But who's the boss? Each in each county council provides us with a road opening license. Mm. So that you need to count out to them before we, you open a road. We work with them, um, and we work with the utilities providers to, again to minimise the amount of disruption. Uh, well, um, you're an engineer by trade and um, by profession, and uh, you'll be dealing with engineers by profession, one hopes, in all the councils. So perhaps you can find common purpose uh, to, to get the best product at the end of the day for uh, the capital. But uh, for the moment, and Michael, I'm sure we'll be talking again, Michael Mann, who's Chief Infrastructure Officer with Airgrid, announcing those plans. More about consultation at the moment than implementation. Uh, they won't put a shovel into the ground until everybody's happy that we're going in the right direction. But uh, Michael, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.